So this morning I'm continuing, we've been doing a little devoted series looking at Acts 2.42 and uh, have a break next Sunday because we're not going to be here and then I'll finish off on that last Sunday of the school holidays. Um, But if if you wouldn't mind, um, if you would indulge me, would would you stand? Because I'd love to do something this morning as we do something for this message about being devoted to the Word. And if you've got your Bible with you, um, I'd encourage you just to have it out in front of you, maybe. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read these words out, these the, and declare these scriptures over you as we begin today. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, I just pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. If you want to please see. A second here, I forgot what my passcode is on my iPad. This is not good. Can you remember what I do? <laughs> I'm having one of those mornings. <laughs> it's probably because my kids use my iPad more than I do. Yeah, there we go. Excellent. Lord, um, just give me some wisdom. <laughs> Thank you, God. Um, the reason I did that actually before we started was um, when I went over to this conference at, at Bridgetown Church. They, they do that before they um, start their sermons, and it was something really beautiful. They asked people to, um, to have their Bibles out in front of them, and then they said, if you don't have a Bible, we would, we'd like to give you a Bible, and, and you can keep it as a gift if you, you don't have one. And, and, and I think the sim- symbolism of what they're doing there is that they're asking people to take out the actual physical Bibles in front of them because they want this to be more important than, than this. You know, that, that, that the Word of God is, you know, we, we have a reverence for the Word of God, that we love the Word of God, and that we actually sit under the Word of God. That, you know, like, we often talk about that we read Scripture, but in a sense, Scripture reads us, and we sit under these words, that these inspired words from God, from these uh, host of different authors and people. You know, it's a big library, basically, the Bible of lots of different things, but it's the words of God to us to inspire us, to give us life. And I found that just so powerful, and it's something I'd, I'd love to do in our church services as well, just to give that reverence to the word of the Lord. Anyway, so we're talking today about Acts 2.42, and it says that they, they were devoted to many things, and the, the things that they were devoted to were the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to, the, and to prayers. And these are kind of four distinctives or marks of the church. And last week I just spoke about the whole aspect of community and breaking bread together. 
And today I just want to sp- focus on this one thing about they were, de- they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Now, they didn't have um, the Bible like we have in our hands today. Um, they had um, the Old Testament um, and they had, they had basically the, the teachings of Jesus because the disciples who had followed Jesus around for three years had listened to his teachings, they'd uh, assimilated his teachings, they got it right into them, and then when they were talking to these new Christians, these 3,000 Christians that had been added to the church after the day of Pentecost, they were sharing the story of Jesus, the parables, the teachings, Sermon on the Mount, and they were, they were teaching them what they meant. These were the stories that Jesus told people, and this is what they meant. And so that's what they were doing. Day by day, they were meeting in the temple court, and they were going into each other's homes, and they were listening and hearing the word of God, just like we have this morning. And they were learning, and they were, they were meditating, they were chewing on it, and they were getting it into their lives. That's what they were doing there. And I guess for us in, in, in the West, we have so much resources, don't we? We're probably... The, the, in, in church history, we are the people with the most access to Bibles and, you know, physical Bibles. I'm sure many of you even have in your homes like a couple of copies of a Bible. Um, and on our phones, we have access to, just at a touch of a button, so many different translations and versions of the Bible. Yet, I, I suspect that we're probably living through one of the most biblically illiterate times in, in church history. I'm sure there's been times before, and that's saying a lot considering that we're actually literate as people, where most Christians across church history, for the vast majority, were probably illiterate unless you were part of the rich or the nobility or part of the priesthood. Most people couldn't read, and so their way of learning the Bible was through going to church and hearing it spoken over them. So there's a, there is a crisis, I believe, in Bible reading, but I think it's a wider issue that's in our society. Recently, I... I went to a, I went to a, um, a, a guy who was talking down in, in Wellington called Mark Sayers, and one of the speakers there was Roshan Allpress, and he's the, he's the sort of um, president of the sort of Laidlaw College, he's a um, very smart guy, and he was talking about this problem they have with, with reading that we have in our society. So he said he, he'd been trying to get um, a few of his friends to read this book. It's called The Drama of Scripture. And I've actually read it. It's not, not an overly complicated book. It's about two, 300 pages. It gives a great overview of what all the Scriptures is about and what it means and stuff. And it's sort of fitting to give this big picture and this big story of what the Gospel and the Bible is about. And what he said was that he would, he would give these books out to people and then, you know, three or four months, six months later, he'd go and say to them, have you, have you read that book? What did you think about it? And he said, Pretty much every person that he went to and, and said, have you read this book, said, oh, I haven't read it. And, and he said these, some of these people were like CEOs of companies and big organizations and stuff. Like These are people who, who can read really well. Like They probably read lots and lots of documents every day. And he was saying that most of them just didn't read it. And he was just saying that basically we're in a, a crisis with reading in our society where we're, we're just swamped with so much digital stuff that, that people are just struggling to focus to read a book. And I have had this in my own life as well. I used to be a fantastic reader. When I was in my like teenage years, I would just read books, like get them out from the library, and I'd just go all night. Like, I'd be like that two in the morning, you know, turning a page, just a little bit more, just a little bit more. And then it's like, I've got to go to school another four or five hours. Oh, just another chapter, just another chapter. You know, and your eyes are like bloodshot, and you're like, oh, I can go, I can keep going. <laughs> I've got to get to the end of this great book. Um, I was one of those obsessed bookworms, and I just used to go hard. But something happened in my 20s and 30s 
um, through TV at first, <laughs> had a good whack at it, and then social media and the internet has absolutely destroyed my attention span. And so I, I, I do read, but I find, probably like many of you, I get about, oh, like, a, I'll get a new book and someone's telling me, oh, you've got to read this book, it's great, you know, you know, it's an awesome Christian book, you've got to read it. I start reading, like, I'm about sort of 10 pages in and I'm like, oh, get to the point, get to the point, come on, oh, surely that's it, I'll, I'll just skim ahead to the end. And I'm just like, man, what is happening to my mind that I cannot focus for extended periods of time to do something I used to love? And I, I think the problem is, is that we, we, we basically now consume or read like lots and lots of just articles or things on Facebook or Instagram. And we're just looking for the, do you do this? You just kind of, I even don't even read the articles properly. I'm even going to like skimming through to like, what's the main point? What's the main point? Bang. And I've noticed on like New Zealand Herald, I think it is, and it might be like stuff that they even have on the side that they tell you how long it will take to read the article. Have you noticed that? And it's like, that must be because of that reason, eh? Like people are like, I don't want to waste my time. That's three minutes. Give me my one minute article. Like three minutes is too long. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get, I'll get, get to the point, get to the point. And so what I've found is this has just completely hijacked my brain. And I know a lot of people have felt like this, like it's really hard to read. And reading is such a, a beautiful discipline because of what it does to, to our minds and our thinking and everything. But if we're not doing that deep reading, it's, it's going to affect us and it's ultimately going to affect our, how we approach the Bible. And I love this quote from, um, oops, sorry, from Nicholas Carr in his book, The Shallows, What the Internet is Doing to Our Brains. Once I was a scuba diver in the sea of words. Now I zip along the surface like a guy on a jet ski. Anyone r relate to that? <laughs> like you just got this so much information, so many things going across through your mind, so many things you're looking at that you're actually not really taking in. You're just kind of just, zoom, it's just sort of going across your brain all the time. And there's not that deep learning, that deep study going on. And like I said, uh, next slide, Johnny. Like I said, this affects our Bible reading. And uh, I'm sure there'll be a few of you out there that this is true. I, 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 no judgment, okay? This is a message of grace today, all right? I just want to say from the start. But I'm sure there are some people in this room, and I've been one of them at times, even as a pastor struggling, where I, I have struggled to read the Bible. That, that the Bible, picking up the Bible, especially in this age with all this extra technology and distraction, becomes an even harder thing. And then, you know what the problem with that is? I think the shame and the guilt gets in, and then we just we just give up, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it, I'll put it to the side. Um, I, I know this in my own life, I, I, I've done those, um, anyone here done one of those, bi read a Bible, the whole Bible in a year? Yeah, awesome, that is awesome, that's quite a lot of people, that's really cool. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I think I just heard someone say I didn't get to the end of it, yeah. <laughs> that was, um, I, I, did, I did one, and, and do you know what happened was, is, is, is I had this problem where, uh, you know, you get a couple of days where you miss, and then it builds up, and you go like four or five days. And then I'd do this thing where I'd try to cram in four or five days in, in one go. And I got to the end of that year, and I realized I was not trying to actually learn or take anything in from the Scriptures. I was just trying to get to the end of the year so I could say I read the Bible in a year. Like, I ticked the box. I did it. And then I, knew, I realized that that was not healthy. Like, I'm just, I'm just trying to get through all this stuff. And I'm like, 
I even found myself kind of, you know, especially when you're getting through Leviticus or something like that. It's always Leviticus, isn't it? <laughs> and it's talking about the, the temple and, the, you know, it's this measurement. And it's like, oh, yeah, boring, boring. Come on, get to the point, get to the point. Like, I just knew that that was not good for my soul, especially as a pastor. And I, and I actually felt like the Holy Spirit actually kind of um, convicted me to kind of like to slow down. And to actually just to, to actually read slowly. And, and so I have been for, for a while now just reading slowly. I feel like I'll go back to reading the whole thing at one point because it's great to have a big overview picture of all the scripture and the big story. But I felt like the Holy Spirit's was like in so many aspects of my life just telling me to slow down and just to savor and to enjoy. And I think getting back to why I think we struggle with the Bible is I think it's the way we approach it. I think it's some of the, our mindset that we have when we go to Scripture. And I think the problem is, is that we, we approach it like it's an information manual. Now, we uh, in the West are so affected by the Enlightenment, post-Reformation sort of thinking that we are like information machines. There's a guy, Rene Descartes, he had a famous maxim, I think, therefore I am. And basically what he was saying and what has affected a lot of the Western thought is that we think that the way to change our lives is to get as much information into the machine. It's like almost like a human is, is like a computer. So if you get the right data in, you get, you get the right information, the right sermons, the right scriptures, the right podcasts, get it all into that person, you're going to see a transformed life. But just like diets when we've got all the information in the world about diets and how to do weight loss and exercise in the world, it doesn't lead to transformation, all that information, does it? But we still run on that model. It's why when you watch the news, they're always saying that the answer to all the problems in the world is more education. No offense to teachers here today. It is very important. It's very important. But it's, it's only part of the answer. Because if you talk about like if you, you talk about um, young people or kids who are in, in terrible situations and you've got just education's the answer for them, but you're not changing their home life or their habits or everything that they do in their life holistically, they're going to just go back to those environments even though they've had the right input and they're going to have the wrong output again. And so I think we approach the Bible like that, like, well, I've just got to read this thing because it's a manual for how to do life or something. And uh, many of you, no offense if this is um, a sticker on your car or something, next slide. I think many of us have this kind of understanding of the Bible. And it's not, it's not, it's not wrong in itself, but it's, it's very incomplete. Basic instructions before leaving earth. As if the Bible is a TV manual that you could turn to the right page and get exactly the right answer for something. And you know what the problem is with a TV manual? Here's one here, actually. I was, has anyone actually read a TV manual these days? Yeah. One thing I think we probably all could agree on is that a TV manual is boring, right? This is not riveting stuff. Like, you know, you go to page, check PVR file session, press the OK button. You know, like this stuff does not jump off the page like Shakespeare or anything. It is really dry sort of stuff. And I think that we sometimes have that same kind of mentality when we go to the Bible. Like, well, I just need to know that principle or that thing to do in my life. And, and I'll find that scripture and then I'll plug it in and then my life will be transformed. And so we don't 
go to the Bible in a sense, any kind of sense, I, I, I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm going to have, this is part of my relationship with, with God. We kind of see it as this, oh, page 54 of the manual kind of thing. Oh, yeah, I think there's an answer there. And Eugene Peterson talked about this, this very issue. Next slide, Jim. He said, we are fond of saying that the Bible has all the answers, and that it is certainly correct. The text of the Bible sets us out in a reality that is congruent with who we are as created beings in God's image and what we're destined for in the purposes of Christ. But the Bible also has all the questions, many of them that we would just as soon were never asked of us, and some of which we will spend the rest of our lives doing our best to dodge. The Bible is a most comforting book, and I love this line, it is also a most discomforting book. Has anyone else found that as well? Like when you really get into this text, like man, it brings an amazing comfort and joy, but man, it can challenge you, right? There's some stuff there that that targets the heart in so many ways that can just stir us, and it's like, oh, yes, Lord, (laughs) you're touching on that. You're touching on that area I'm struggling in. You're touching on that, my brokenness. You're touching on my ego, you know, these sort of things. And it can, it can really, like I said, we don't read the Bible, it reads us when we really get into the text. And this is the vision, next slide, that we really want from going to the Bible. This is from Psalm 1. It's one of my favorite Psalms. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. It's a beautiful picture of a person who has been transformed by the Word of God. Look how it says there, meditates. That means just chewing over Scripture, just thinking about it day and night. Day and night, this person is letting the Word of God get into them, and they are being transformed. And isn't that just such a beautiful picture of like a tree just planted by this beautiful streams of water? How nourished it is by that water, by by the Holy Spirit, and how that tree is flourishing. It yields fruit when it needs to, because God has built that tree up, and then this fruit of the Spirit comes out in that person's life, and its leaf does not wither. It's able to withstand difficult times in life and seasons. Whatever they do prospers. This is, a, this is the vision of what we want in our lives as Christians. We want to grow into people of love, and we want to be like this, people who are fruitful in everything that we do. And, and Scripture is one of the ways that we encounter Jesus and that we grow and become more like him. So how do we become people like that? That's the vision. And many a sermon you've had probably in the days, people telling you this is what you need to do, <laughs> and this is the kind of Christian you should be, and etc. and rah, rah, rah. But I, I, I really feel like we just we live in an age now where we have to do the how. We have to do the how. Like how is this actually going to work out? How are we actually going to grow? How are we actually going to be people of love like Jesus? Next slide, Johnny. And it's through devotion. The early church devoted themselves to the Word of God. It was something they did daily. And when you devote yourself to something, you give of yourself to it. 
Like I'm, I'm devoted to my, my beautiful wife, Amy. We've been married for 16 years and we've had our challenges and all sorts of different seasons in our life, but I am devoted to her. I love her. I, I give of myself to her every day. And then I've got my four beautiful children as well. I'm devoted to my kids. Like I love my children. I, 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 I give them all my money. <laughs> I'd like to devote that to myself, but <laughs> I give them my time. I give of myself to them because I love them. I care about them. They're important to me, and I do that daily. You know, I, I want to be a good father. I want to be a good husband, so I devote myself to that. And you guys, uh, many of you guys do that as well in your family relationships. Um, you might do it in your workplace. You might do it with your hobbies. You may do it in other things that you're giving your time and your resources, the things that you love, you'll give of yourself to. And I've devoted myself to Jesus. I came to faith at about 13. I gave my heart to the Lord in a sort of like a radical kind of way, went to the front, tears streaming down my face. And since then, I'm 41 now, I've been walking with Jesus over those times. And I've had ups and downs. I've had all sorts of things through that seasons. I've even had seasons of doubt. Um, but I am devoted to Jesus. And I, you know, I don't know how many more years I'll have in this life. I, I'm I'm hoping for at least another 40-odd, and I'm thinking, I just want to go deeper with Jesus. I just want to know him more. I want to devote my life and, and my time and my resource and everything I have to him, that I could say when I get to 80-odd that, man, I know Jesus way more now than I did when I was 41. And that's what this is about. It's about devoting ourselves to God. And one of the best ways that you can do that is through reading the Word, the Word of God that we have in front of us that we can do every day. And that's all about relationship. And that's the key way I, I look at this, and I'll talk about this, I'll repeat a lot of this when I talk about prayer because these two go hand in hand, is that I approach my Bible reading and my prayer life as relationship, that I am faithful to Jesus. He's more faithful, and so that's why I always sort of every morning I actually pray that, that prayer out of Lamentations, you know, um, your mercies are new every day, great is your faithfulness, thank you Lord, you just wipe, wipe slate that clean uh, this morning and I'll start again with you now, like that is this, this place of grace and faithfulness that God has for me every day and has for all of us, it's a relationship that um, I'm walking with Jesus, that I'm being faithful to Jesus. And it's uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said about this, next slide. He was talking to a couple getting married, and he said, it's not your love that sustains the marriage, but from now on, the marriage that sustains your love. And that's so opposite to the way the world thinks, because the world thinks that the emotion and the affection and the, the love that people feel when they first get together, that will sustain your marriage long term. But if anyone who's been married for a long time knows that those original kind of feelings and emotions and energy that is at the start of your marriage will not sustain you over the long term, as is evidenced in our society where, you know, the amount of divorce and broken relationships because that love has not sustained them because they haven't worked on their marriage. The marriage is the, is the, is the framework that sustains your love. So if you work on your marriage, it will sustain your love over your lifetime. And that's the way I approach my prayer life is that I will work on my rhythms, my daily being with Jesus to sustain my love with him. Because I know I'm fickle 
and I know I'm apathetic, and I know I'm easily distracted. Uh, I swear sometimes I might have ADHD. <laughs> I, often when I'm at conferences and stuff, I'm always wanting to go to the toilet or move around and stuff. like. I just find I'm easily distracted, uh, like a little hamster, like, like all the time. <laughs> so I know that I have to be faithful with Jesus every day. Keep that rhythm going. Keep that rhythm of love going, being with him, growing with him, becoming more like him. And I love that kind of image of, of, of that fidelity in marriage. That the more faithful you are to marriage, the more faithful you are to the relationship, you will see the fruit, and it will sustain your love. Next slide, Johnny. As Christians, we don't just read the Word of God, we actually take it into our lives. And this is where I want us to land today as, we, as I finish, is that um, we often also, this is another issue, we often read the Bible just like we're reading any other text. And actually, when, when you read the Bible in a way that you take it in and, and take it into your heart, that's when true transformation will happen in your life. Eugene Peterson talks about this. He says, Christians don't, next slide, Christians don't simply learn or study or use scripture. We assimilate it, take it into our lives in such a way that it gets metabolized into acts of love cups of cold water, missions into all the world, healing and evangelism and justice in Jesus' name, hands raised in adoration of the Father, feet washed in company with the Son. What a beautiful picture, eh? Because this is, this is the goal, and this is what we're talking about in Psalm 1, is that not only are you, you reading Scripture, but you're actually taking it into you, like your food, that the daily food you need, and then not only does that give you life and give you energy, it actually comes out of you into acts of love. That the more you're filled by God and transformed by His love, you cannot help but want to help others. You get a heart for the world, and you get a heart for the brokenness all around you, and you want to go and do things. We often do it the other way around. We do the, let's go do these acts of service and good things and stuff, and then we get all tired and broken. But the starting point is to be transformed by God's love and His presence that it just flows out of you. That you want to do these things because you have the heart of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. You want to be like him and you want to do what he did. So again, as I said before, how do we, how do, we do this? How do we assimilate this into our lives? And for myself, just go to the next slide, Johnny. For myself, I've found some of these resources have been really helpful. Um, particularly this one here, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, by um, Pete Scazzaro. Some of you have done the course before. He's got this great little devotional. It's a 40-day one where you, you basically you can do a morning and an evening, little re, um, re, like you do a minute of silence, then you read a little bit of scripture, there's a reflection question, and that's it, you're done. You could do it in like four or five minutes or something if you wanted to. And you can do that in the morning, you can do it in the evening, or you could just do one a day. That, that's a fantastic way to start if you, you really struggle with reading Scripture, that you just haven't done it for ages. The other one that's been really helpful for me is Lectio 365. I don't know if many people know that one. It's from Pete Gregg, who's, um, we've talked about him with our How to Pray course. And he, that one's uh, fantastic too. You can do a morning one, and you can do an evening one, where 
they just take you through um, a bit of a guided kind of reading of scripture and a bit of a meditation and some prayers. It's uh, fantastic. Uh, there's also Pray As You Go. That's, uh, um, this one's a Jesuit one, um, and it's actually really beautiful. They always have these like um, bells ringing at the start. I always find that really great when I'm lying in bed, these beautiful sort of bells, and then they'll have like some Gregorian chant or some sort of music going. It's, it's really great. And then they, again, they, they, they take you through Scripture a couple of times and, and, and ask you some questions. What's God saying to you in that? Really beautiful app. And then a lot, I know many of you, I haven't used this one myself, but I know a lot of people use the YouVersion app, and it has lots of different reading plans and um, different versions and just lots of options in there that can help you get started. But, um, yeah, for myself, oh, and sorry, last one, and if you're really keen and you wanted to have a crack at doing the Bible in one year, um, I'd recommend Nicky Gumbel's one, The Bible in a Year, because he, you can, you can listen to it, and he'll, he'll even, you know, even listen to the scriptures and everything, and he does a great little reflection every day about the scriptures. So he does an Old Testament, New Testament, I think it's like a psalm and a proverb, and he just talks through that. And I've just found some of these resources have just been so helpful, um, and many of you guys will know other ones as well. And it's, we want to create a community where we actually share these things and help each other. Um, use technology in a good way to actually help you to spend time with God. Um, but today, I guess I wanted to finish by actually just taking you through something that's been really helpful for me with Scripture, which has been actually just slowing down and actually really taking it in. And uh, I, was, I was laughing away with Amy this morning because I was talking about this analogy to her. Uh, I, I really like to eat fast. Uh, I, I'm like a vacuum cleaner when I have my meals. I'm like... And Amy, for 16 years of our marriage, she has been saying, slow down. Are you even enjoying that? Are you even enjoying that food? And I'm like, oh, it just tastes good. I just want to get it in my stomach. And she, she always has this thing that I basically just want to fill my stomach up. I don't really want to enjoy the food. I enjoy it. I just enjoy it fast. <laughs> but the principle that she's getting at is, she says, is that are you savoring it? Are you enjoying it? Are you enjoying the experience of that food? And, and, and I am, but I could do it slower. So I'm working on that one. <laughs> But I've taken that into my scripture reading at times as I've shared throughout this message where I'm just consuming, 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 got to get through the chapter, got to get through the chapter, and I'm not savoring, I'm not enjoying, and I'm not letting Holy Spirit speak to me out of that text that I might need to hear that day. And so something that's been just really transformational in my Bible reading, and uh, if you do the Lectio app, they have this, um, so, and Prayers Go kind of do a version of this as well, is a thing called Lectio Divina. And that's just a, a Latin, Latin phrase for sacred reading or divine reading it was developed by some benedictine uh, monks long long time ago and basically it's just a a process for reading scripture slowly really slowly and then get letting holy spirit highlight stuff to you that you can pray back to god and then take into your day because i think one thing a lot of people struggle um, with is that you read your scripture and maybe have your journal out but you're kind of like oh what do i do how do i participate in this thing you know and then if you do something like this, this is a great tool to actually help you participate with, with Holy Spirit. Like, what are you saying today? And how could I interact with that? And how could I live that out today? And so I found this just um, really helpful. So uh, to finish today, I would love to do that. Um, so if you wouldn't mind just standing.